Today, we're going to deep dive into the surprising hidden benefits of our favorite investment strategy on today's episode. You are listening to the Champion Hustle podcast. Play to succeed in business and in life. Featuring Levi Hunsaker and Ryan Black. Hello and welcome to the Champion Hustle podcast. My name is Ryan Black. And I'm Levi Hunsaker. And welcome. This is episode number two. Levi, how you doing today? Oh, pretty good. Nice, beautiful day. I know. Excited about what we're sharing today. Oh, man. It is sunny. I am sunburned. And <laughs> it, is, it is awesome. Wonderful day to be alive. So Wear today, sunscreen. <laughs> hey, I forgot, okay? <laughs> On today's episode, we are going to be deep diving into the, like I said, the surprising hidden benefits of our favorite investment strategy. But in order to get to that point... First, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of break down the top five most popular investment vehicles that folks are using today. And when we look at those, we're going to give each of them a rating and we're going to rate it in in our opinions. Now, we're not financial planners or anything, but uh, we're going to, in our opinion, we're going to look at five key components. And these are, we're going to look at the, the cash yield that each vehicle produces, the equity buildup. We're going to look at leverage or leverageability. Also, whether it's a hard or a soft asset as well as any tax advantages that come from that investment vehicle. So um, yeah, we're excited to dive in. And uh, without further ado, let's do it. Levi, you wanna kick things off? Yeah, let's get it. The first thing we're gonna talk about today is cash or savings. Now, with each of these investment vehicles, we wanna start looking at what is the return on investment? So that's gonna be a big thing. You're gonna hear the word ROI a lot in investing. What is the interest rate? So for example, think about your savings account at your favorite bank or credit union. What kind of returns are you getting? Now, I'd be willing to bet (laughs) that it starts with a point and that's sub 1%. The next thing that we want to look at is inflation rate. Now, if the inflation rate published by the government, the U.S. government is at 2% and you're getting 1% return or less, you're actually losing money. And as we get into that, if we look deeper at what is published in that 2% rate, you are not getting food, you are not getting housing, and you are not getting energy, which are three of the biggest things that have inflation in this country. Aren't those like three of the top expenses that people have in life in general, right? Yeah. So, I mean, for where I'm at in Utah, the housing inflation rate uh, or appreciation rate is is what you'll hear it car called a lot was over five percent. That's way more than the two percent. That's two and a half times more. Yeah. Well, and and so so granted, okay. So in our opinion, putting putting your money into a bank or credit union, just savings, whether it's a you know money market or a savings account or a CD or something like that. Obviously, not a lot of not a lot of upside as far as uh, going against inflation or getting actually a good ROI on your money, but there's got to be some benefits, right? I mean, there's a couple reasons why you would want to put your money into a bank account. Well, yeah, I mean, one of the things is peace of mind, and never discount peace of mind. Having some a rainy day fund and something to fall back on is always a good thing. So, how, what that size and and how long that needs to last, that really depends on you and your situation. So, you've got to take a long, hard look at that. So having the liquidity, having the reserves, those are very good things. Another benefit is that it's FDIC insured. 
So if your money's in a bank or a credit union, um, it's actually protected. If it gets stolen, whatever, it's protected and backed by the U.S. government. Now, we look at these. Can you get equity buildup? Well, there's the interest that's coming back to you. That's not really equity. That's all still your money. Can you leverage cash? Not really. Is it a hard asset? I mean, it's paper or coins that you can hold in your hand potentially. And but I don't really consider that a hard asset. And the last thing is, is cash really tax advantaged? You get <laughs> no. any benefits for having a bunch of cash? Besides no, you have too much cash. Waste, yeah, you and I don't recommend cash. any of those. <laughs> you get too much cash, you get the IRS knocking on your door, you know, wondering what's going on. So, yeah, I so basically what I'm hearing is with, you know, n- number 1, putting money cash savings into a bank, our rating on that 0 out of 10. Right, for doing a ten-point scale for the five different things, not from, really an ideal option from an investment standpoint. True, from an investment standpoint. Okay. Well, well, uh, well. Thank you. I want to. I want to dive into number two, which is bonds. So bonds are um, kind of the second one we want to look at. Bonds we actually gave a two out of ten, so slightly better than cash from an investment standpoint. And uh, if you don't know what bonds are. Bonds bonds are simply a debt security. So you have you know a company or an organization that has a a debt, right? And you are purchasing that debt instrument, and then they will give you um, interest over time, right? It could be a semi-annual, annual, monthly. There's different terms, and then there is what's called maturity of that bond. And so maturity is when the principal is paid back in full. So you've got the you know the coupon or the interest that comes regularly, and then the principal. So with bonds, bonds are common. They've been around forever. Um, There are some pros to bonds, right? Typically, bonds are a little bit less volatile than equities. So if you're looking at purchasing stocks in a company, uh, bonds are going to be more secure, you know, less volatile. They're typically more liquid because you're able to buy and sell them without really affecting the price. And in certain instances, you're actually going to have more protection um, against bankruptcy. If If the company... So say you buy some bonds from a company. If that company were to go bankrupt, you'll potentially be able to get some recovery amount from that bankruptcy. Whereas if you're just fully invested into equities, into stocks, you're you're in trouble. Like <laughs> you're not getting anything. <laughs> now, granted, bonds also have some cons. Um, they are they are callable, meaning that uh, you know the bond could be called and paid off early, so you're not really making much interest off of it. You could lose everything if the company does go under. Um, or if the value, the valuation of the bonds are cut through recapitalization or reorganization of the company, if that's something that they're doing during the bankruptcy process. So there still are risks. Um, the credit rating of the issuer of the bonds, if that drops suddenly for whatever reason, the market price of the bonds can then be hurt. And even exchange rates, right? International Forex, um, if exchange rates are adjusted or, or you know, if they go out of whack, your bond can get killed. So there's, there's a lot of different issues. There are different types of bonds or standard bonds, convertible bonds, zero coupon bonds, um, inflation linked bonds. But um, so at the end of the day, most people like to have at least some level of bonds in their portfolio. I personally, um, currently, I don't own any bonds. I have bought and sold bonds over the years. Right now, I don't have any because I'm all in on my favorite strategy. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But bonds, bonds, two out of ten. We give it two out of ten. There are advantages, are disadvantages, but um, not our favorite. 
So yeah, like uh, let's talk about some of those uh, advantages and disadvantages. Where where does it sit on the cash yield? So if you get one that has a good a good coupon on it, you can get a pretty decent pretty decent uh, dividend from it. Um, so you know, I give it give it a point a point on the cash yield. Better than cash for sure. Better than a bank. <laughs> equity yeah, and- equity. You're not really. I mean, you're not building equity in it. It's not leveraged. You, if it's if it's a thousand dollar bond or a five thousand dollar bond, you're paying a thousand or five thousand out of pocket. I mean, you are the leverage on the bond, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're using you, so there's not a, not a benefit there. It's not a hard asset. It's paper. It's a note. It's an IOU. Really, is what it is, right? the The company is saying IOU this debt. You're buying the debt now. We love buying debts if it's the right kind of debt. That's can be a very lucrative strategy. But um, yeah, no hard asset backing up that debt and really no tax advantages there. So yeah, two out of 10. All right, two out of 10. So let's jump into the next one and let's talk about about stocks. Now, you know, we've we've all heard our 401ks or our IRAs, our retirement accounts are invested in stocks and maybe some uh, some bonds potentially, some mutual funds, some index funds, things like that. But... We've seen in the past 10 to 15 years some really big swings in the market. I mean, just looking back the past few months, there was a drop due to a pandemic in the stock market of over 30%. I lost over a third of the funds in my retirement account. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. That's not funny, but I'm sorry. It's funny for you because you're not in the in the stocks right now. Exactly. But, but that retirement That's account, horrible. you know, I'm still working my W-2 job. I can't touch that money yet. I can have some minimal selections on what I can do with it. So if you're investing in individual stocks, you have a lot more control, but that takes more of your time and investing personally into what you're doing. And that's not a bad thing because nobody cares more about your money than you. So yeah. why turn it over to somebody else? Well, and the tricky thing is, and, and I've done a little bit of stocks. I know people who, who that's like, that's their thing, right? They're all about this, the market. And, but they really have to, you really have to know it, like study it. It's got to be your passion. You got to know it inside and out. Otherwise, and you just get burned is, is what I've seen. I've seen people yeah. have great success, but also just get left out to dry because they're just not well enough informed in what's going on. And then there's just so many factors, right, that are in the market that are out of your control. So. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, even stocks like Tesla can have black swan events where it either jumps dramatically overnight or drops dramatically overnight. And you don't have a lot of control over that because it's in somebody else's hands. Uh, cool things about stocks is if there's a product that you enjoy and you love, you can invest in it. There's even stocks that, you know, the penny stock market, right? You can get in early on on things, um, but it, it's going to take, that's a risk, right? It may go nowhere. It might take off. You never know. But uh, let's talk about the, the different categories, though. Is there a cash yield in stocks? A little bit, and, and especially if you can get ones that pay dividends and things like that, um, you can get a little bit of a cash yield on it. You can get some equity buildup in stocks as well. Leverage. Yeah, if, you, if you invest in the right ones, right? 
Yeah, you got to be in the right future. If you can see the future, (laughs) then then you can get some phenomenal equity buildup, but you can also destroy and lose that equity in a heartbeat. So yeah, and and as a stock trader, you have the option of a little bit of leverage through something called options, and then you can get into is a stock really a hard asset? Not really. It's paper saying that you own a percentage of a company. And is it tax advantaged? I don't have any tax advantages besides inside of a retirement account. But, but that's not from directly, the investment, yeah. Right. The investment directly does not have any tax advantages. Only the retirement account has the advantages. Yeah. So rating on that, what do you give so, stocks? So rating on that, what we're looking at is about a 4 out of 10. Not good enough. Not good enough for me. Well, I got one that's better than that. So let's talk about life insurance, right? Life insurance. uh, There's different types of life insurance. You've got your term life insurance, your whole life insurance, uh, you know, universal life insurance. And in general, people a lot of times don't really understand insurance products and how to properly use them. But that's another conversation for another day. Well, what we want to talk about here is in life insurance, insuring uh, as an investment, term life insurance is not investment. It's simply, it, it helps to cover, you know, in the event of your death, um, it's, you know, five-year, 10-year, 20-year term, but you don't build any cash value. What we're talking about here are cash value, whole life, universal life policies that actually are investment vehicles. So over time, you, you know, you take money, you have your monthly premium that you put in, that money that goes in is then is then reinvested by the uh, the investment group within the insurance company. And then they, depending on what policy you have, you'll get you know some type of a dividend or it'll just simply continue to build cash value over time. And the benefit to that is you actually can, um, you can use the cash value in your policy as, as a guarantee. So you can double dip on the same money. So let's say if I have a, a whole life policy that currently has a value of $250,000. So with that policy, I could use that. That's cash value. It's it's an asset. I could use that as a security for taking out a $250,000 loan or line of credit at my local bank or credit union. And so while the money is actually still inside that policy, continuing to grow, we haven't because because you can distribute it, right? I could take a distribution, distribute the funds out of the policy and then go and invest it in something else. But you leave, you can double dip the same money by leaving the money in the policy, continuing to grow in the investments that the insurance company has, has made while using that same asset as a, uh, as a security for some other type of, of lending instrument that will then allow me to take those funds to, li- to liquidate the capital and invest it in something else. And That, um, you that know, right this- there is incredible. That's doing, <laughs> that is doing what the banks do. They're yeah. leveraging and replicating the power of the money. It is, yeah, it, it really is. It's and uh, and we do have, you know, personally, uh, my wife and I do 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 this strategy. So we do have, uh, you know, life insurance policies with cash value, and it does take time to build up. It's not something that you know your first day you're gonna, you know, your first year even you're gonna have enough cash value to really do anything. So kind of the, I guess you could say the disadvantages of doing the life insurance is it does take time. It does take time and it is expensive. It's not for everyone because when you're talking about 
you know, anywhere. You could get a smaller policy, I guess. That's only a couple thousand dollars a month. But I mean, a lot of these policies, you know, you're, you could be five to $10,000 a month that you're dumping into this policy. Now, that's going to create an incredible cash value for you. And moving forward, it's going to take a year or two to build up. But once it does, you've got your basically money machine there working for you that you can do incredible things. So it is expensive. It's out of the reach of some folks. Um, but if you're in the right uh, economic bracket where it makes sense for you, it can be a phenomenal, phenomenal tool in your investing belt. Um, and well, and, uh, and some yeah. other benefits, some downside protections, certain policies you can actually get um, lower limit caps so you won't go below a certain percentage. Yeah. You can actually protect yourself from losing money. Sometimes when they do that, they actually put a cap on how much you can earn as well. So, so there are some advantages and disadvantages to doing something like that, but there's a lot of great benefits. So let's, let's jump into the five-factor analysis of life insurance now. Yeah, so cash yield on that, I mean, kind of. It depends on what policy you have. It could have uh, you know, good cash yield. Your equity buildup, absolutely over time. Whatever your, whatever your death benefit, because right, you still have the death benefit. So whatever your death benefit is when you're first getting started, that's going to grow over time. And so there's definite equity buildup, because hate to break it to you, but you're going to die <laughs> sooner or later. <laughs> you're going to bite the dust. And there's so, only one way to get out of this life. <laughs> exactly. And so um, you know, having that equity buildup is very, very great. You're going to have that payday at some point, or your heirs will. Uh, leverage. Uh, yeah, you can leverage. You can leverage life insurance absolutely to go turn around and take that cash value um, as a security, uh, you know, as a secured uh, loan or line of credit. And so there's value there. Not necessarily a hard asset. I mean, it's it's a it's an insurance policy, so not so much there. And uh, definitely there can be some massive tax advantages to growing money within a life insurance account. So. Overall, life insurance, I give it 7 out of 10. Cool. So that brings us to the last strategy that we're going to talk about today. And our, our personal favorite. Yay! We're going to talk about real estate. And there are many different ways to invest in real estate, but just in general, real estate investing has a lot of these benefits. As we get into this five-factor analysis, um, you know, it's, it's really an ideal investment in in our opinion. Now, one downside, it takes money to get into real estate, right? And Lots sometimes it takes a lot of money to get into real estate. But the best part is it doesn't have to be yours. That's where the leverage aspect comes in. Now, you have to learn how to do it the right way and not be over leveraged because that's a good way to lose it too. And so... Yeah, well, and, and you said ideal investment. I think that's funny because ideal actually works as an acronym, right? Ideal, real estate is the ideal investment because you get income, right? There's a lot of different investment strategies and, and we do different types of active investing strategies and passive investing strategies. But either way, you're getting solid, solid income from those, those investments, you get your tax advantages through D, depreciation, right? There's obviously if, if you're just, uh, you know, if you're just buying and selling stocks, you're going to get raked over the coals with capital gains taxes. But when you are doing different strategies with real estate, doing it correctly 
implementing, you know, 1031 exchanges and some of these other different strategies that we use when buying and selling real estate, absolutely, the depreciation, those tax benefits are incredible. And then E, we all know what E is, equity. What do you think about the equity in real estate? I mean, you've, you've, you've owned properties for quite a few years now. So Levi, yeah. what's that been like for you, building equity over time? So building equity over time, especially if somebody else is paying the mortgage for you. Yes. So you get not only the appreciation, the depreciation, the amortization comes into play as well. You can either be paying that down yourself, the market can be appreciating, or you can have a tenant that pays that down for you. So it's somebody else's money that's actually helping you buy the asset. Right. They go to work every day, day in and day out, to make the most important check of the month, right? Which is the rent payment to you because that payment that they're making on, on your mortgage, right? Part of it goes towards principal and part of it goes towards interest. The interest is, I mean, interest is, that's what you're paying to rent the bank's money. But the part that goes to principal, that's principal recapture for you as the owner and building up that equity. And you also Absolutely. mentioned appreciation. Now, appreciation is, is interesting. If we look back to 2008 and what happened, there were obviously a lot of different factors that played into that. One of the, the contributing factors to what caused so many regular folks, not professional investors, but just regular folks to get burned is they said, hey, I'm going to invest in real estate. Real estate is on fire right now. I can buy a property at, you know, for 350 and then I can sell it in three months or six months for 400 because the appreciation is out of control. Appreciation is a bonus, right? It is not an investment strategy. It is a bonus. It's a benefit we receive. But we saw that all these, or not all these folks, but a lot of people were doing that. They were banking on, on appreciation. And when the market corrected and they lost, that's when you saw people just, you know, the houses dropping like flies because that's all they were banking on. It is not an investment strategy. It is a benefit we receive. So, so I call appreciation... If you are banking on appreciation as your investment strategy, that's specula speculation. Yeah, you, absolutely. You are participating in legalized gambling at that point. Yeah. And so, just like Ryan said, he calls it a bonus. I, I like to call it the cherry on top. If it appreciates, awesome. But that's not where you decide to buy an investment. Well, and it, it is also important to note, you know, because we've got folks who are listening all around the country that different areas of the country do have different levels of appreciation, right? You've got some of the more volatile markets where, you know, on the coasts, uh, you know, in Arizona and Florida, California, you can have some insane appreciation. Yeah, at the same time, you, you go look in the Midwest, you have practically no <laughs> appreciation whatsoever. And so- Just flatlined. Yeah, exactly. And- it, you know, you say, is that good? Is that bad? It is what it is. It's, it's the important different. thing. Yeah, it's different. It is what it is. It's just, it's important that you understand where it is, you know, where you're focused on investing, understanding that market and the pros and the cons that come along with that market. And, you know, the biggest, probably one of the biggest benefits in looking at being ideal, right? Income, depreciation, equity, appreciation is the L, leverage, right? Real estate being a leveraged investment. Where else can you invest in something where you are, 
you know, you need, it takes money. It takes money to buy real estate, but it doesn't have to be your money where you can use the bank's money. You can use the seller's money. You can use anybody else's, a private funding source's money to acquire an asset that generates equity for you, that generates cash flow for you, that doesn't take money out of your pocket. It's a leveraged investment. There's nothing like it. So then when you're truly calculating your ROI, like you mentioned at the beginning, Levi, ROI, return on investment, so important to where what other investment can you either partially or wholly leverage, got to be careful, but wholly leverage and get a phenomenal ROI? Real estate, man. That's it. Real estate is the way to do it. It is Absolutely. so powerful. Yeah, it's incredible. And and a thing that a lot of people are not familiar with is that you can actually own real estate in your retirement accounts. Yeah. So your retirement account, your 401k, your HSA, your IRA, those can all own real estate. Maybe not at your brokerage firm because they don't get a cut on your real estate. But if it's done properly, you can actually own that in the real estate. And if you know how to do it, you can even leverage that in your retirement account. So here's a question for you, right? So retirement account, so let's say a 401k, okay? So if you have got, Levi, you've got a, a self-directed 401k set up with your business and you're paying yourself, you're paying your wife, paying your kids, right? Everyone's got their 401ks. If you're investing in real estate, obviously you could do a traditional 401k, but what would happen if you did a Roth 401k? Ooh. And you're putting in, and you're putting real estate in there. <laughs> Talk dirty to me, Ryan. <laughs> this is where so, it gets good. Roth, like this, this is this is one of the best benefits of retirement accounts. If you put post-tax dollars into your Roth, you can even have a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA. If you're using post-tax dollars in the United States, that is allowed to grow tax-free. But more importantly, it's allowed to come out tax-free. That is money that that growth you will not pay taxes on. Ever. Oh, it is so incredible, so powerful. And I mean, think know, about when, buying your retirement home in your, four, in your 401k and then have it distributed tax-free and somebody else paid for it. Oh, man, it is. <laughs> no, but the thing is, is, I mean, because you can have it under a retirement plan, under yourself, under your spouse, under your children. You talk about you know, planning for the future and leaving a legacy, so powerful, but you can also have it with a, you mentioned HSA, a health savings account. And that's one thing, you know, as we see uh, healthcare costs continuing to rise and obviously, you know, things come up, life happens, right? Terminal illnesses, maybe cancer, maybe something like that, where all of a sudden you could have some serious um, health expenses for you or for a loved one. How awesome would it be if you had a health savings account that owned a couple million dollars in properties? Would you ever worry about covering a medical expense for you or for a loved one? Maybe it's your, a sibling. Maybe it's one of your parents that gets sick, right? One of your kids. To be able to have access to that capital in a way through real estate investing in a health savings account? It's just the possibilities that it opens are incredible. I love it. Yeah, it is incredible. And, and a lot of people don't like to talk about those heavy topics. But if you plan and, and actually make sure that there's things in place before 
any of that stuff comes up, you don't have the added stress that something like that brings up. We don't really have a choice what happens to us in this life a lot of the times. No. But we can choose how we prepare and what happens after the fact, how we handle it ourselves. How we so, respond, right? Yeah. Rather than response. reacting. Don't react, respond. Most people react, right? Absolutely. They go, ah, ah, ah. They go crazy. <laughs> That's reaction. The, Don't the react. The peace of mind, though, helps yeah. tone that reaction down because you know that your family's taken care of. You know that those things are going to be okay. Yeah. Well, like the, like the old adage goes, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Totally, totally applies. So exactly. So, so real estate. Okay. So Levi, real estate, Ooh. what rating does it get on our little rating system? Right? All right. So we're going to start talking about it. The five factor analysis, cash yield. How does that rate on cash yield? Right? Rentals. You can actually get monthly passive income coming to you. We call this mailbox money, yep. passive income. Equity buildup, the appreciation, the amortization, that's building up equity in the property, and you actually have a real tangible asset. You, it sticks and bricks, you can touch it, you could even lick it if you want to, I don't recommend that. <laughs> Especially if it becomes a meth house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> now leverage, we've already talked about that. It, real estate can be leveraged. What other asset class can you go down to the bank and say, hey, I've got a $300,000 property under over here. Would you lend me $240,000 on it? Try saying, hey, I got this hot tip on a stock. I'm going to buy $300,000. Would you lend me $240,000? Nope. You're not going to find a banker that's okay with that. But real estate, they're okay with that as long as it's a good investment for them. And they're going to do their own analysis on it. And tax advantages, right? The depreciation, if you are living in it as your primary residence, you can actually get exemptions on any of the appreciation. There's, there's tons and tons of tax advantages. And you can actually run your rental properties as a separate real estate business. That is a business in and of itself. It, you know, and so overall... We're giving this a 10 out of 10. Real estate is by far, in our opinions, the number one investment strategy. And now we have deep dived into some of those key surprising benefits you maybe didn't even consider or even know about. So, but I think kind of our overarching theme for today's episode is invest in what you know, right? We have our preferences and what we know. If you don't know, if you don't understand really, really well the investment vehicle that you're looking at, Please, please, please get educated because if you don't, you're going to get burned. It doesn't matter what it is. You've got to really get to know what it is you're investing in, get educated, and it will pay you dividends in the long run. And if you're just simply trusting in somebody else saying, oh, well, I've, I've got my guy or I've got my gal, I've got my you know, investment advisor, and I just give them my money and then they go and do something with it. Are you really trusting your financial future to somebody else? Who is going to take better care than your money than you, right? So get educated, make it happen, and reap those benefits in your financial future. So we'd like to thank you for joining us on today's episode. It's been a blast. Thank you, Levi. It's been fun. Been a good yeah, time. That was good, Ryan. <laughs> so for, for you guys tuning in and listening to us, if you want to get in touch with, with us, go ahead and join us in our online community on Facebook. It's at facebook.com slash groups slash champion hustle. And we'd yeah. love to see you there and interact with you. 
yeah, come join the community and hang out. And uh, next week, we I've got a fun episode coming up. Next week, we're actually going to have a special guest. And she's going to be on. And she is going to talk with us about finding your core purpose and then using that in your business so that you can pay it forward. Pay it forward through charitable efforts and through um, just causes that you're really passionate about. So we look forward to having her on next week. And until then, we'll see you. Take care. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Champion Hustle podcast. For more great content and to join our online community, visit us at championhustle.com. Oh, 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 oh,